guys, it's Mateo and Adam. We're back. Sorry uh, for the delay. We've been, life happens, and uh, we've been super busy, and we just don't want to put garbage out there. That, and I, I think that there's something to be said for when you're, when you're speaking about faith and you're, and you're speaking about lessons and you're, and you're exploring, it, you should be coming from a place of surety. Authenticity. Authenticity. And, like, I know that, like, like me personally, um, over the last couple of weeks, I've been dealing with, not, not even so much dealing with a lot with God, but, like, letting him do work, you know? Um, spending a lot of time in prayer, spending a lot of time in worship, but it's, it's personal growth, and it's, it's not... And like that's Mate needed. Yeah, it, it's super needed. But do you feel like you can like reach out to others when you're growing yourself? Like I feel like it, it, it doesn't work the same. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like I, I've been I've been doing work on me, and um, I've been failing miserably at times. Um, God's not looking for perfect people, no. But uh, we are trying to get better. I'm trying to get better at relationships and with and guys when we say relationships we don't just mean man and woman or no 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 not, none of that uh, just in general and uh, I fail at that daily um, I could Me probably too. do better in each category but um guys we're gonna pr open in prayer because yeah. that's the most important thing absolutely um, father we thank you for this time to come together and administer your word and rightly divide it and uh, let there be no faults. And also, you know, we are not the final authority. Let our teaching or discussion also be open to correction and change according to the truth in the word of God. Uh, we just want to bless everybody out there listening, be with them and their families and um, Father, let, let the change be in all of us first before we decide to change others. In your Son, Jesus, Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. So uh, let them know what's up, Adam. So, so here's what's up. Um, we've, we've gone back and forth over the last couple of weeks. We've gone back and forth on topics. We've gone back and forth. On, and they've changed several and they've, times. They've changed several times. Um, you know, and and uh, <laughs> right before the buzzer, literally right before the buzzer, we were we were all set right now to. Uh, well, I say right now, but it was it was about an hour ago at this point. Um, we had yeah, started, yeah, yeah, it was about an hour ago. We were like, all right, here we go. Ready? You ready? And we then, had, and then <laughs> boom. <laughs> <laughs> we had it all set to record and. We were ready to talk about, uh, go through a, a basic Bible, not a basic, but a, a, a down-to-earth Bible study of the book of Luke, and maybe talk about the gospel and what the gospel means. Yeah. And we ran into a problem in yeah. Luke 1.1. 1, 1. Yeah, as a matter of fact. Um, I just want to back up for a second and add on to why we kind of were harping on Luke right now. Um you know, a lot of times, if you're a new believer and you're in church and you'll hear the question, 
or you'll pose the question, what, what book should I read first? And me, back in the day, I heard, well, read the book of John and then go to Romans, okay? And I've been doing a one-on-one discipleship with uh, a gentleman who's a Messianic Jew, and he brought his friend Ned one time. And Ned has been... He's been an administrator of the word since 1976. He also is a Messianic Jew, and um, he also teaches, um, I think, at Greater Works of Pittsburgh, it's called. And he's actually teaching on Romans right now. And I had brought that up to him, and he said, well, I wouldn't start him in John because it has a lot of Jewish innuendos. And that can confuse somebody who's not a Jew. He said, I would start them in Luke. And uh, I think I told you this, didn't I? You did, yeah. Yeah. So, and then Romans, to go read that second would be terribly awful (laughs) because Paul's writings are the hardest to understand. Peter even said that. Mm -hmm. They're the hardest to understand. And even when you think you have the book understood, you quite often more times than not, there's more to it than than what you think you got. Because there's more to it even than what's being said, because yeah. it, it's it's so steeped in culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not just and 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 he he understood multiple cultures. So you're not just dealing with Jewish culture, but you're dealing with Greek culture, you're dealing with Roman culture, you're right. dealing with Asian culture. Yes. Yeah. Whoever he's speaking to, plus people that he would know that he knew they knew. So now you're you're dealing with, you know, three to four cultures in one shot, and he's able to to, to navigate all of those because he's fluent. Yeah. And if you're not, which I'm not. I'm not. There's, there's going to be a lot to each verse, like little nuances and almost like inside jokes, if you will. Yeah. You know, but talking about serious things, but it's 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 going to be quick little references that that you're you can easily miss, and you don't even know that it's a reference. Right. And there's it, it's it's just a compound book. Yeah. There's a lot in it, and I don't suggest going there second. And you know, I do suggest reading Luke and then going and reading John and then I'd probably read the other two Gospels. It probably couldn't hurt. It, it, you know, I would probably understand, well, who's this Jesus guy I'm following? Mm-hmm. You know, funny from that. four different perspectives. Which brings us quite nicely, dovetails straight into Luke 1.1. 1, 1. Yes. Now, what is the new topic tonight? How did we end up um, where we're at, and what did we change? So... We're going to dive into Luke 1 1. And as we were doing so, um, I do my studying, guys, and this is for me personally. And we're going to get, we're going to prove the point on why I am in the translation of the Bible that I am in. Because there is a lot of translations. And I'm here to tell you that they are. 
quite often butchered. And I read personally out of the Geneva translation. It was written in 1599, 12 years before the King James Version. And Adam has, what do you have, a King James there? King James, yeah. And his says, we're going to give you examples here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so Adam's going to read first out of the King James. <clears throat> so here we have Luke 1.1. 1, 1. Uh, we're going to go 1 through 4. Okay? And this, I'll just get into it. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. Mm. Okay. You want to read it one more time so they get what the King James is saying. So one more time in King James if you want to follow along. For as much have for as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things, wherein thou hast been instructed. Okay. Now I'm going to read out of the Geneva. Twelve years. Keep in mind. Twelve, Twelve years. years. That's it. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth the story of those things, whereof we are fully persuaded, as they have delivered them unto us, which from the beginning saw them themselves and were ministers of the word. It seemed good also to me, most notable Theophilus. I want you guys to remember that part. As soon as I searched out perfectly all things from the beginning to write unto thee thereof from point to point, that thou mightest acknowledge the certainty of those things whereof thou hast been instructed. Now, the point I told you to remember was most notable Theophilus. It's in parentheses, guys. And the problem with parentheses is, so, in the Bible... Being in parentheses means that it wasn't in the original text of the Bible, but has been added as an explanation, something like a footnote. Now, that's that's one explanation that we received. Admittedly, there was two different explanations. Yes. Uh, there were two different explanations, and I think it's a case-by-case -case basis between the two. Um, but Cambridge, uh, there's a scholar at Cambridge that basically said, um, whenever they were doing translations, if there was a thought within a thought, meaning, um, you know, oh, I had eggs for breakfast, and the parentheses would be, and I love eggs, 
and they were delicious. You can skip the, and I love eggs, and still, I had eggs for breakfast and they were delicious, and it still makes sense. Yeah. Now, the parentheticals are added to say, I said that, but it's just a thought within that sentence. It's not necessary to get the meaning of the sentence, which is a dangerous game to play. But I think in some cases, for the parentheticals, it's, it's straight out they added it to make it make more sense in English, like Mateo was saying. Yep. And in some cases, it was there. They had it in the original text, but it was a thought within that thought, and so it's, it's technically unnecessary. Like, uh, so, so would you say that, is it dangerous to conform that to your theology as definitive truth? Uh, oh, now that's now that's an interesting argument. It's dangerous, but then also, do you lack faith in God that his word would remain untouched and that its meaning would stay what he intended it to be, despite the best efforts of man? No, but I do lack faith in man that copied from the original texts. I, I believe you, but... Yeah. But the, the argument I've always heard, mm. and I'm just springing this on you now, is, right. well... I have faith that God would make sure that my Bible would be accurate. Yeah, that's a good argument that they came up with, but everybody knows that in the last chapter of Mark it was added. A lot, like 13 verses were added. So, so it's just like, yeah, it's like, but you know, um, I actually... Um, when you were talking about the parentheses and the guy from Cambridge, when I dug into this, uh, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I never even found anything like that that was up about the parentheticals. Yeah. Okay. Um, I always understood it as that was added, mm -hmm. and if anything was in italic, that... That was added. That was added. And even if the word is, it's, it, 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 the whole sentence doesn't even have to be in italic. It's from the begin, from the first word mm -hmm. that's in italic onward is added to the period. You know, but now at times when you read them, you'll see that they are all in italics, which is seriously, for me, that's danger. First of all, Who's Theophilus and why does he matter? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Most notable Theophilus. Why is he notable? Well, yeah, well, we, we looked him up, yeah. and basically what, what they said was is that he was an unbeliever, and Paul was trying to reach him and write it down and yeah. so he can understand things more clearly. Where did they get that from if it wasn't in the original manuscript? Well, see, that's 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 my point. Right. And this is one of those examples where I tend to lean towards what I was finding in Cambridge, where it's it was there, but it's irrelevant. And they knew that. So it's it's just a middle thought. It's a thought within a thought. Okay. Does it matter that it's to Theophilus? Not really. Mm -hmm. You could read read yours again, but without, skip the, uh, yeah, without the parents. It seemed good also to me, as soon as I had searched out perfectly all things from the beginning. To write unto thee thereof from point to point. 
that thou mightest acknowledge the certainty of those things thereof thou hast been instructed. So it's still, it's still a perfectly correct grammatical sentence. Everything makes sense. It didn't matter right. who most notable Theophilus was. Okay. But, I mean, I don't think they just made up a name. That would be strange. Like, consider that. Like, like why, why on earth in the middle of translating something would you go, well, who, who's he writing to? I'm going to make up a name right now and add a name. Like, that would be weird. You know, like, that, that doesn't make much sense. So I think it was more of a case of, well, there's, he said, you know, most, not, most notable Theophilus. But also, you can skip that. That's, that's a thought within a thought. He just, so that's tacked in there. It's not necessary for the sentence. It's not necessary for the verse. And it has, it holds no meaning he, Theophilus had to be a guy that was somewhere along the way in Luke's history. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody that he commended in his writing. Yeah. Because Luke was writing to somebody. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But it had to be somebody along the way that Luke had met that wasn't privy or relevant to the Bible. Right. Right? Exactly. I'm okay with it being there. Sure. It doesn't bother me. Right. Although it is in parentheses, and I do have to spark the question, why is that even relevant? The sentence makes perfect perfect sense grammatically without him even being in there. Exactly. Okay. So now do we take them to Mark 7 where things get a little bit harder? So just to just to iron out the point that we just sat on, we went through four verses, and three of them were wildly, wildly different. Yeah. In 12 years. Should we get... I was just about to say that. Okay. Now, that's only 12 years. Yeah. I'm going to take you guys to the new international version, which or the non-inspired version. As many of you uh, uh, who've been in the walk for a little while understand, um, we are at Luke 1, correct? Luke 1, 1 through 4. Luke 1, 1 through 4. Okay. So here we go. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. Not in parentheses in this one. Mine's not either. Yeah. So, that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. It's not terribly butchered. I mean, it uses a lot of different words, but the meaning is still relatively the same. Yeah. And there's but one word will can say, throw you off. Exactly. That was my next point. Yeah. Is there's a lot of difference sometimes in just a word to a word. Right. And to prove that point, I think now would be a great time to go to Mark 7. Mark 7. I also, before I forget, yeah, yeah. I wanted to go to Joshua. Eight. Okay, yep. Verse 30. Because 
this can prove so Adam I want you to read Joshua 8 30 in the King James yes sir almost there on down to <clears throat> Read 30 to 35. Then Joshua built an altar unto the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stones, over which no man hath lift up any iron, and they offered thereon burnt offerings unto the Lord, and sacrificed peace offerings. And he wrote there upon the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he wrote in the presence of the children of Israel. And all Israel and their elders and officers and their judges stood on this side of the ark and on that side, before the priests, the Levites, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, as well as the stranger, as he that was born among them, half of them over against Mount Gerizim and half of them over against Mount Abal, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded before that they should bless the people of Israel. And afterward he read all the words of the law, the blessings and cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded, which Joshua read not before all the congregation of Israel, with the women and the little ones and the strangers that were conversant among them. Well, it's funny because I actually... I took you to the absolutely wrong book the, for the point I was trying to prove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you started reading, I was like, ah, uh, yeah. Uh, we're freestyling, folks. So, uh, so that was a reading from Joshua. That was a reading from Joshua, which is it's a great chapter and book. But yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Where'd you want me to go? Um, remember when we were talking the other night about honoring? Oh, yeah, yeah. Minute, that was Hebrews. Mm. Was it not? Oh, 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 magistrates? Yes. Magistrates is Romans 1-1. One, one. Was it Romans 1-1? One, one? Yes, sir. Okay. Promise. Okay, so. All day, every day, unless it rains. Okay, so. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We're just jumping around with our Bibles open. So, completely unrelated, unrelevant reading of Joshua, but I hope it changes your life. Yeah. Now, are you sure it's in Romans? No. No, no, no. Um, I'm telling you, I think it's in... No, Romans 13. I'm sorry. It's Romans 13. It's Romans 13. Romans 13. Pretty sure about that now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Romans 13, 1. Sorry. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. Okay. Whoops. Now, what version was it that says ministers? Ah. Where you're to honor your ministers. Hold on. So, 
Now you got to bust out the phone. And and obviously, obviously, do you have to go through the Bible like this, where you're jumping between versions and jumping between things? Do you have to? No. Why do we do this? Because we're trying to prove the point of get as far back in history as you can. And people, and, and you know... And I had the same excuse. I can't do all the these, the thou's, and you know, whithersoever thouest goest. <laughs> you know, but guys, I'm telling you, it's beneficial. Why? Because it makes you slow down. Because it's not about how many chapters you read in a day, or you know, how many books of the Bible you read in a day. It's what you're getting out of your reading yeah. and applying it to your life. You have to slow down. And these versions will cause you to slow down. Guys, um, if you can't get your hands or afford a Geneva, but you can get a King James, at least go there. You can get Geneva on your Bible app. It's free. Yeah, but there's a lot of things. That they have like a lot of words misspelled. It's weird. In the app? In really? The app, yeah, it's so bizarre. It's weird. I, I, I mean, do it. Whatever. I mean, like, if you got to get one. You, right. The point I was trying to make is, is, at least for me, the reason why I like going back and through all of the different translations and, and kind of seeing where where everything goes is... is um, so I always say, whenever whenever you're in, in a discussion with somebody else... Um, Define your terms, right? Uh, define your terms, and uh, I picked that up in eighth grade physics class with Mr. Mo with Mr. Moore, and um, that stuck with me. And I I'll tell you what, it's it's super super useful advice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the man was a biologist trying to teach physics, was not very good at it. Loved the guy, wasn't meant to be a physicist, but he had a very good point, and that was define your terms because. Like, Mateo and I were talking the other day, you know, you have to, it's not about just what you say, but it's about what is heard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we want to show each other love, right? And, and we all have different ways of showing each other love. But if I tell Mateo in German that I love him, did it do him any good? No. No. I don't know what it meant. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and it wouldn't matter. It, your, your definition for pride might be different than my definition for pride. Exactly. And yeah. if I use the word pride and you hear something else, yeah, because you define it differently, now we're holding two conversations and don't even know it. And we don't even understand what the other person is trying to say, and then it turns into a debacle, and, it, and it's just not, it's not fruitful. Yeah, the, and this is the same thing with these translations. Guys, I'm going to give you the New King James Version of Romans 13, 1 through 3. <clears throat> Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Right? For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to do evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? 
Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. I'm going to keep reading. For he is God's minister to you for good. Okay, there's a problem there. He is God's minister. It took me all the way to verse 4 in the New King James to get the word that they replaced. Now, here's what's interesting. In King James, it's also minister. Minister. It's also minister. So, guys, I know when I think of what's minister mean, mm -hmm. I'm thinking reverend, deacon, bishop, pastor, preacher. D, all of the above. All of the above. The word in the original is magistrate. What's a magistrate? Now, how do we know that that's the original? Because yours is a translation as well. It's a Geneva translation. Well, we went into... The Strong's Concordance, and we found the word for it. And that was the word for? For power. Power, yeah. Right. So, not to change your topic, but just, just so you guys know where we're getting this right now, is that it's the original Greek word for power. Yeah. And that is how you end up at the word magistrate, not minister. What was it, exousia? Exousia. Exousia. I think I'm saying it right, but I could be I wrong. I don't speak Greek, so I, don't I know. yeah, neither do I. Yeah, but or, or, I hope we're starting to make sense here, because we're gonna go to, well, finish out. What's what's the difference between minister and magistrate okay. in that verse? What did that? What does that change? Okay, for he is the minister of God for thy wealth, but if thou do evil, fear, for he beareth not the sword for naught. For he is the minister of God to take vengeance on him that doeth evil. Okay, that is not a minister's job to take vengeance yeah. upon him. That do, it's clearly a magistrate's job. So when you read minister instead of magistrate, right? What does that do? That changes everything. It changes. It changes the, the context thinking, of where you're looking. Yeah, because nowhere in the Bible does it say honor thy pastor. Number one, there's a lot of false pastors behind the pulpit nowadays. And people are like, well, God put them there. No. No. You're, you're taking that totally out of context. God doesn't raise up false prophets, guys. God raises up prophets of God. Period. Now, I'm not saying don't honor your pastor at all. This boils down to uh, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Exactly. Now, there's there's plenty to be said for that. Yes. Let's not screw that up and let's not let's not step on that. Those are the two biggies. Those are biggies. Those are the, that's all there is to yeah. the whole thing. And I'm not trying to go down like 15 rabbit holes with this. I'm just trying no. to. We're just trying to prove this one point on how vital. You know, I remember I had a person tell me I, they were reading out of a translation, and I'm like, and I'm following along in my Geneva. Yeah. And I was just like, I stopped her, and I was like, what translation are you reading out of? Yeah. And I was like, that's total garbage. Yeah. That's not what it's saying. Mm -hmm. And she's like, wow, you're really judgy. Yeah, I'm allowed to be. It says to test everything. Does the Bible not say to test everything? 
I'm not judging you. Yeah. I'm judging your translation. Yeah, and that's and that's important though. That's important though because when you start changing basic words, like we're about to show you in Mark 7, things change fast. Yeah. The whole idea of what was said is no longer the idea of what was said, but now the idea of that which was added. And it 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 next thing you know, you end up in a situation just like this. So we are gonna go to Mark 7. Now, Mark 7, verse 17. We're going to start at 17, and you'll see why. And when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he saith unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him? Because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the drop. Purging all meats, meat being food. Yeah. And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. Let's 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 explain that to them about the meat. Sure. Meat meat in old writing meant food. It didn't mean beef or chicken. Well, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna go grab the strongs that yeah. sits on our bookshelf. Yes. And we're gonna look up meat. Because we can say that. But the reality is we need to source it. Here, yeah, here's how you here's how you actually play this game. You say something and then you go, here, here's the proof for that thing that just came out of my mouth. Yes. And ba 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 M E M E N. Where were you? Mark 17. Mark 717. And you finished uh, I think at 20. Okay, at 20. I think. What's 20 say? Yeah, then he said that which cometh out of a man. Yeah. That defileth man. Yeah. So he's saying it's not what goes into you that defiles you, but what comes out. Right? All right. So, Strong's Concordance, what you do is you look up meats, right? Now, I had to learn this. Mateo had to teach me this because I've only ever used a digital one because I'm not ancient. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I kid. I kid. No, seriously, though, it's super important. I had to learn this. Um, so if you ever get your hands on an actual physical copy, um, super useful. You look up the word first, right? And then it has every instance that it's mentioned with book, chapter, and verse right there. So I just look and see, okay, Mark 7, 19. Into the draught, purging all meats. Now the number next to that, the number is 1033. So we go all the way to the back. You make sure you go to the Greek. Yeah. Because uh, there's nothing in the Hebrew for the New Testament. So, 1033. That's another topic for another day. Oh, I got a lot to go. There's 1072. Cool. 1042. 1033. Broma. From the base. Food. Especially articles allowed or forbidden by the Jewish law. Meat, victuals. Food. It's food. So we, it's, it's food. Yeah. But that's that's it. It's it's broma is the Greek word for it. So whenever you're reading things, be careful that that we're hearing things in English. And English has six words for every word. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Six meanings for every word. Six meanings for every word, and then six different words you can use that they're have all, six different yeah. meanings. And they're all spelled this differently, but they all sound same. the same. Yeah. yeah. And next thing you know, you're starting to apply meaning number three of word four when they meant meaning word one, meaning what? Yeah. <laughs> and, and things start changing radically. So, anyway, small diatribe over. That's how a strong concordance works. Highly recommend using it. It will illuminate some things, like this right here. Yeah. So, in the King James, in the NIV, in the New Living Translation, in the Message, whatever... New King James, first of all, not King James. It's in the New King James. It's in the King James. What is? In parentheses. Mark 7, immediately following verse 20. Oh, no. It's not in there? Uh -uh. Oh, wow. Yeah. No. See? See? So, yeah. Pick up your copy at uh, your local bookstore. But I'm going to read to you out of... I'm just going to go to the NIV to keep it basic. Or actually, even the New King James. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm getting there, guys. I have 15 Bibles in front of me. <laughs> so, Mark 7. What verse did you start in? I started at 17. Okay, 17. Uh, Mark 7, verse 17. Okay, in the New King James, when he entered, when he had entered a house away from the crowd, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. So he said to them, are you thus without understanding also? He's asking a question. He's asking his disciples if they are without understanding also, like the scribes and the Pharisees when you read the beginning of the chapter, Okay. Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from outside cannot defile him? Because it does not enter his heart, but his stomach, and is eliminating. Now, in the New King James, it's in italics. Like we said before, if it's in italics, and sometimes in parentheses, mm -hmm. it was added. Mm -hmm. Thus purifying all foods. Okay. That's interesting. Because, and now I'm going to give it to you out of the NIV, just so we can make this point very clear. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull, he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach and then out of the body. And here it comes, in parentheses, in saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. It sounds like, to me, somebody's putting this there to fit their theology. That Jesus said, hey man, go ahead and eat whatever you want, because I made it clean now. When this entire chapter isn't even about food at all, whatsoever, 
and we can back this thing up. I'm going to read to you very briefly the last couple verses of what I just read to you out of the Geneva. Because it entered not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the draught, which is the purging of all meats. Then he said, That which cometh out of a man, that defileth man. And there is nothing in italics, and nothing with parentheses after that. The words following are, For from within, even out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, uncleanness, a wicked eye, backbiting pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. There's nothing in italics or parentheses that says Jesus declared all foods clean. Now, we're not trying to get into a dietary debate about what you can and can't eat. Um, you can go back and read the Old Testament, and it'll say all that. And you can choose what you want to do with that. I'm not trying to push what I my stance on it or Adam's stance on it on you guys. You guys decide what you want to do with that. Okay? We're just letting you know that in original texts, earlier texts, none of this stuff was in there. This is why we're trying to validate the point that those new international, the new King James, the new American Standard, the message, ESV, all this stuff out there that is absolute a mockery and hypocrisy of the Word of God, It can transform your theology totally. Mm -hmm. And this is where the problems lie with denominational differences, understanding of the word differences, because we're not all on the same page because we're not all in the same book. So, you know, this is just some food for thought. And I just want to read to you this chapter because... I just want to prove to you that this isn't even about food. Then gathered unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. Adam, can you give them just a brief rundown of who Pharisees and scribes were? Sure. They're going to be uh, those that would be quote-unquote educated men. They're going to be uh, men who are going to be involved in the temple. Now keep in mind that um, during this time it was more spoken word and and things were vocally passed down. Um, and obviously people could read and write, but in terms of reading and writing the word of God. These guys were the only ones that could actually read exactly, from the scrolls. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So now you're, you have a group of men who, by design, by the way that they've established their, their system, yeah. if you will, um, they, they're kind of considered, they're considered the only source of knowledge for this, you know, as, a, as traditionally, they're the only ones that are going to be reading and writing uh, the law. And, and any of the schools. So it's, it's a group of people who kind of in a very insular way have over centuries kind of worked themselves into a tizzy in, in, in 
and really kind of lost sight of what's going on here. So they're they're keeping track of not only God's law, but they're keeping track of all the man-made laws. They're yeah. keeping track of of who's who. They're keeping track of how do we deal with Romans. They're keeping track of you know how do we blend the church with our uh, current occupation. You know, like like Roman occupation. They're a governing body and a religious powerhouse all in one. Okay. Thanks for breaking that down briefly. I could go on. No. (laughs) No, they... um, Context is important. Yeah, no, I know. I was just kidding. Um, (laughs) They they are... um, To fast forward it to modern, modern day, they are, let's just say, Orthodox Jews. Sure. They are guys that have added on to God's law or Torah or whatever you want to call it and um, made it virtually a burden of totally impossible to keep track of it all. Okay. Verse 2. And when they saw some of his disciples eat, who's they? The Pharisees and the scribes, right? Mm Mm-hmm. When they saw some of his disciples eat meat with common hands, that means, that is to say, unwashed hands, they complained about it, okay? For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands oft, eat not, holding the traditions of the elders. So... The Pharisees and the scribes do not eat unless they wash their hands, right? Which isn't a law given by God, okay? Holding the traditions of the elders, right? And when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not. So unless they wash their hands, they don't eat. And many other things there be, which they have taken upon them to observe as the washing of cups and pots and of brazen vessels and of beds. Now, guys, mind you, Jesus isn't going to rebuke them because they're washing this stuff. It's just good hygiene to wash the stuff. Right, yeah. Right, okay? Yes, that's not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying here. They're saying it's customary to law to do these things. That you can't even eat unless you do these things. Right. Or else you're committing, you're defiling yourself. Right. Period. Right. Okay. Then asked him the Pharisees and scribes, why not walk thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat meat with unwashing hands? Tradition of the elders. Then he answered and said unto them, surely Isaiah hath prophesied well of you, hypocrites, as it is written, the people... This people honoreth me with lips, but with their hearts, their heart is far from, away from me. He's only concerned about your heart, guys. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Why are you washing the cups mm-hmm. and all this stuff? Nope. Are you doing it to look good for your other Pharisaical buddies and your other scribers? Yep. You know what I mean? Your homies? You're looking good for your homies. You, you, your heart is far from me because you're only doing this in the sight of man. You, are you doing this behind a closed door when no one's looking and God sees? That's the whole walk. 
That's that's absolutely it. Yeah. You know, and and as we go on, this is where it this right here is the turning point. This is where things start getting twisted. This right here. But they worship me in vain, teaching for doctrines the con the commandments of men. For ye lay the commandments of God apart and observe the tradition of men as the washing of pots and of cups and many other such like things ye do. Can I just go ahead and throw out other traditions of men? I mean, any tradition of man. Right. That we as a body keep. Yeah. That are traditions of men. Yes. That God never ordained. Yes, let's talk about you lay, but he made sure to say you're literally laying apart the, the traditions of, of God. God. You, you, you are so focused on washing your cup, you forgot to say thank you. Yeah. You are so focused on washing your cup, you forgot the, the, the whole point of everything. And, and how often do we do that? Yeah. We're so focused on what we look like in the eyes of man that we lose sight of the whole, the main idea here. Yeah. We, 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 we celebrate Christmas. What verse is that in? How about this? We get so bent out of shape of saying, don't take Christ out of Christmas, that we forget that Christ was never in Christmas in the first place. Wow. Think about that. Amen. We're literally, we're taking a pagan ritual holiday. Yeah. <laughs> putting Christ Holy in it. day. Yeah. Putting Christ in it. And then we're losing our Call minds. Calling it good. Calling it good and yeah. losing our minds because people are trying to take it back out. What's it matter? It's their yeah. day. Let them have it. I don't care. Right. Who cares? Who cares? But we get so caught up in, in trying to be good Christians and say, well, don't take Christ out of Christmas. He was never there. Yeah, who he was there? born in July. Who cares? Yeah. Like, we have to start Ain't... yelling into the podcast. But, like, it is. Yeah. It, it, you, you get so bent out of shape over things that aren't even really. They're not a requirement. They're not part of the walk. No. They're not a requirement. And then and then the funny part is, and, and look, first of all, guys, Christmas was first called Saturnalia. Mm-hmm. And the church changed it to Christ Mass. Do you know what they did on Saturnalia? Yeah. No. That later became Yule. Go ahead, break it down for us. Oh, boy. But who's Saturnalia? That would I, be Saturn. Yeah. Who is another Roman. known person, known person, well-known enemy, Saturn or Satan. Go ahead. I'm done. You guys no, dig that up right. yourself. Yes, go ahead. Dig into that. Uh, uh, yeah, so it was a like week-long bender of just drugs and sex. Mm. Just so you know. That was what it was. And even when it became Yule, as we started modernizing Christianity. And the as Yule tree. Yeah. The Christ Yule mass Yule tree. Law, all of that, guess what? Even as we were practicing Anglicans way back in the 1500s. 1400s, right? Anglican Church um, and uh, Episcopalian. Uh, yeah, right? They were still holding Yule 
and Yule was still just drugs and sex. Like, we're talking like major orgy parties. Not to use the word orgy in a religious podcast, but let's be real here. Real talk. That's what they were doing. They were getting a whole bunch of people from the town together, all locking themselves into a house, getting absolutely blasted and touching each other. Hmm. It was a mess. And still calling Christ in all of that. Yeah. And doing it for centuries. And we're over here complaining because we took Christ out of Christmas. He was never in it. He was never in it. And guys, here's the thing. So you're you, you we're probably raising eyebrows and questions left and right. And you're like, well, okay, me? I haven't had a Christmas tree in my house and I can't tell you when. I don't I don't honor it. I don't honor it. But if I get invited to a family member's house and they're celebrating Christmas, I don't roll up in there and start shouting from the rooftop, you pagan vultures. Yeah, no. No, I, I, I know who I am in Christ, and Christ knows my heart. I go in, and I celebrate with them. You know, it's showing love. It's, yeah, it's, it's love. It's love. Because they're never going to take down their Christmas tree out of me being angry. If, if they're not convicted by it and it's not an important part of your walk, then that's that's fine. That's between that's them and God. totally fine. And guess what? He doesn't really... That's not what he's worried about. It's like we're saying here. It's that same principle. He's it's, worried about your heart being not far from him. Yes. You know? And it's not about... If, if you celebrate Christmas because you celebrate Christmas then that's fine. And if your heart has Christ in Christmas, then again, that's fine. That's coming from your heart. And that's a good thing. That's fine. I'm just saying, let's not get caught up in worrying about something we did to ourselves Mm. and forgetting about, it's not about whether or not we're turning away from Christ in Christmas or anything like that. It's about, are you talking to him every day? Yeah. But also, guys, you got to remember... Are you keeping any of the feasts that God asked you to keep? I mean, that's a great question. What, I mean, if it's so easy for you to go get the tree, get all these, blow all your money on these gifts you want to give people and make people feel good, which really, like, you're celebrating Christmas. Well, let me ask you this. Is there a time of true, genuine worship with the Lord on that day with you and your family? Are you guys really digging into that aspect of it? Because I don't see that a lot. I see, oh, I got you, whatever, you know. I I got you the new PS13 or, you know, oh, thank you for the sweater. Oh, socks. Oh, here's your bag of candy. Yeah. I don't see, guys, let's get, let's let's really press in and seek what the Lord has here. Yeah. You know, I don't see that. And, you know, are you celebrating the Passover or the Feast of Tabernacles, which was ordained? Just some questions to ask yourself. I mean, you want to, hey, like he said, for ye lay the commandments of God apart and observe the tradition of men as the washing of cups and pots and many other such like things ye do. And he said unto them, Well, ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may observe your own tradition. That should be convicting some hearts, because I know it does mine. It does mine. I know it does Adam. 
For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whosoever shall speak evil of father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, if a man say to father or mother, Corbin, that is, by the gift that is offered by me, thou mayest have profit, he shall be free. So ye suffer him no more to do anything for his father or his mother making the word of God of none authority by your tradition which ye have ordained, and ye do many such like things. Adam just grabbed his phone. I know he's Googling Corbin, because I'm, I'm curious. Then he calleth the whole multitude unto him, and said unto them, Hearken you all unto me, and understand. There is nothing without a man that can defile him, when it entereth into him. But the things which proceed out of him are they which defileth the man. If any have ears to hear, let him hear. And when he came into a house away from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he said unto them, What are ye without understanding also? Do ye not know that whatsoever thing from without entereth into a man cannot defile him? Because it entered in not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the draught, which is the purging of all meats. Then he said, That which cometh out of a man that defileth a man. For from within, even out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, uncleanness, a wicked eye, backbiting, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. And from thence he rose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would that no man should have known but that he could not be hid. What what was he saying? So, so let's start let's start first of all with the verse that, that it changed at to where where we start seeing things added, right? Yeah. Nineteen, twenty, and twenty one. Yeah. That's where we start to see things added in. Now, read 19 out of the Geneva, <laughs> okay. and it's very close to KJV, so I know it's good. Because it entered not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the draught, which is the purging of all meats. Now, the stomach. Right. Yeah. Now, what is the draught? The stomach, his no. belly. No. What goeth out into the draught. I looked it up. I just looked it up just now. What is it? Take a guess. His butt. It's the bathroom. Oh. When he says purging all food, he's literally talking about using the restroom. Okay. He's like, it goes into your belly, and then you use the restroom. That's it. That's just food. Yeah. Now, they read the word purging and said making clean other food. Yeah. Right? Now, the more translations we get into, when they're talking about purging of all meats... He's literally talking about going to the restroom. Yeah. He's not saying all things are clean now. To eat. To eat. That's not what he's saying. He's saying literally, here's what's going to happen. You're going to eat food. 
You eat it, and then you go to the bathroom. Nothing changed inside of you. Right. What he's saying is it didn't touch your heart. Right. Nothing changed inside of you. You're just performing basic human bodily function. Yeah. He didn't say, here's everything's clear now, and you're in the clear. Now you're a murderer. Because you ate it, you know what yeah. I mean? You're right. No. He's literally, all he's saying is, is it didn't touch your heart. It just went into your body and came out of your body. Now, here's what actually defiles you, is the heart, matters that are in your heart coming out. That is where that sin is coming from. Yeah. That is where that defiling is coming from. It wasn't him saying, we purge, we clean everything, everything's clean now. Yeah. No, he was saying, you're going to eat, and then you're going to use the restroom, and it's going to leave your body. It's not going to change who you are. Yeah. For good or worse, it's not gonna. It's not going to create a change in you. It might make you sick. Yeah. But it's not going to like. It's whatever. It's right. whatever. That's not him saying eat anything you want. He's saying you're going to eat it. It's not going to change who you are inside. Yeah. It's just going to be food, and you're going to eat it, and then it's going to let go. And where's your heart at during all of this? Yeah. Yeah. Um. He's basically saying that all of our problems are from the idolatry of the heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean to you? That means to me that my motives... Is, am I doing this for me? Or am I doing this because I have love? Yeah. Because there's still a lot of me in here. Mm-hmm. Same here? Yeah. I mean, I've spoke with a 70-year-old man today that been in the faith for a long time, and he even said, you know, I still have flaws. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's know? the whole walk, fam. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> like... For all have sinned and fall short. Right. So it's like, at what point do you feel that you can go pull the speck out of your brother's eye when you still have a telephone pole in your own eye? You know, it's like, it, it's like, how do we correct somebody when we still have a lot of things that need corrected. And, our, and, and I don't think he's saying that don't ever go and correct somebody. I think what he's saying is, is you need to check your own heart before you go and correct somebody. Are you correcting that person, A, publicly, to embarrass them? Yeah. Or are you correcting them because you really do love that person? But that person has to know that you love them. Are they hearing what you're saying? Yeah. Do they feel the love that you say? Yeah. Did they understand it? And if they don't understand it, did you even show it? Yeah. Do you even love that person? Yeah. Yeah. It's a valid question. Yeah. What does it mean to you? Uh, that that the idolatry of the heart. Yeah. Um. And I think I, I, something you had said earlier before when we, so like I said, we, we sat down, we had everything ready and recorded. It was, it was, it was all was primed. We just didn't press a button. Next thing I know, we start talking and it's an hour later. It's another topic. Yeah. And, um, 
Mateo had said you had said something, and the exact words you used were, "How many times are there things that we need fulfilled through Christ?" Oh, yeah, here that we need fulfilled through Christ that we fulfill by other means. This is uh, here's the exact. Why do we seek all the things that Christ has to offer in other gods or people? Yeah, that's that's what that means to me. Is, is what, what's funny about that whole statement is that those other gods or people don't have what Christ has to offer, but somehow we coerce our thinking into believing that it does. Yeah. It's dependency. It, it's it's you, you're dependent on your own reaction. You're not dependent on what they're providing. It's dependent on your own reaction, and that's kind of a Pavlov situation right there, where you ring the bell and start salivating because you expect food. Is yeah. you start to train yourself to believe that this is providing this for me. Right. And if you tell yourself that enough, next thing you know, that will provide it for you, whether or not it can actually fulfill it, because it's all in your head. Yeah. If you're talking about seeking like emotional support or something like that from something or someone, it's not even so much that they're providing it, so much as you're telling yourself that it's full. And the really dangerous part about that, the really, really dangerous part, is that you're not actually fulfilling the whole, because that's a whole only Christ can fill. That's right. You're not actually filling the hole, but you're lying to yourself emotionally. Yeah. You are lying to yourself. You are lying to everyone else. You are absolutely distracting yourself from the root of the problem. And, yeah. and you're developing a dependency on something that is not God. Right. And a dependency that's never going to actually fix. It's drugs. Yeah. It's literally, it's all drugs. Yeah. That, that, that very hole that only Christ can fill will swallow you alive. Absolutely. Trying to fill it. With anything else. Absolutely it will. Or dead. Or it'll swallow you dead. It can swallow you dead. Yeah. Yeah. It can swallow you into it. And, and Adam, I wanted to add this. Um, you know, for me, when I first uh, broke open the book in all seriousness. Yeah. Okay, not just crack it open. Sure. When I, um, I didn't understand a, a, a lick of it. Yeah. And uh, my brother had sent me a Bible. I was in prison at the time. And it, it wasn't an IV. Yeah. And it did help me right. understand things a little better. Sure. Okay. And I'm not saying don't do that the same thing. What I'm saying is if you need to do that, do it. Don't stay there. Challenge yourself. That's this whole walk is challenging yourself to be better. To get closer to the truth. To, to have a better understanding. I, I, I think that's the way I would like to put it. Is that what you're constantly doing is you're seeking to understand. Right? So for the same reason that you sought out an NIV. To understand. Yeah. Now that took you to, okay, here's how much understanding I have now. Now, how do I understand more? Well, now I have to go back and say, well, I know what it's trying to say. And, and, and that's, that's, that's what I mean when you start using multiple translations. You can't see me, but I'm circling my hands right now. I talk with my hands a lot. But, but when you start pulling multiple translations together and then start digging into what the words really are and then start digging into the ori original Greek and Hebrew is what you're effectively doing is you're not, just, you're not just setting out a single verse. 
you're 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 painting an entire wall and then and then seeing the full picture not only of the picture of of what they were originally saying yeah but it's going to give you a good view on what the general accepted idea is out there you know you and 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 that's just as much because you need to understand not only are you going to have to worry about your own understanding, but then when you start talking to other people, you have to worry about their understanding too. And how do you guys meet in the middle? And how do you commune? And how are you of one mind in the body of Christ? Right. Because if, 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 if we are to be like-minded, right? There is only one body. There's only one body. One body only has one brain. It's, there's only one brain, and, and there's only one truth. There's only one book. One book. And, and, and that's... This we're saying this because we don't want you guys to get tripped up. Like thus, Jesus declared all foods clean. When the read the whole chapter, I I would like to just take a moment just to say, I strongly dislike the concept of a verse of the day. Awful. I strongly, strongly dislike it. Don't get me wrong. It's it's nice to have a starting point and go oh. Well, I'll read this chapter of Luke today. But if you just read one verse on a verse of the day, I mean, that's that's dangerous. Let's, let's, who, who is he talking to? Let's what pull this up right now. Yeah. We're going to do this right now. Right. First of all, I looked up Corbin, by the way. What was Corbin? So Corbin, side note, Corbin was a Jewish tradition. So it's it's defined as, uh, in the original Hebrew, as a, uh, a gift to God, right? Now, here's where you have to understand Jewish culture whenever oh, you're reading. So you're your... thinking you're giving a gift to God is what he was saying, but you're actually following the tradition of man making your gift null and void. No. Sort of. Kind of. Well, that's what he's saying here. Well, what he's saying is, is there is a, a, a concept of having a gift to God, right? There, so Corbin is, it is a set-apart. It's some. It's called. It, it, it's basically. Its translation is is a set apart, and it's it is a a um, a sacrifice or a gift to God. Okay. Okay. Now, that's like saying. Tithe and offering, like it's there yeah. and it's a concept, but then it starts getting muddy when you start adding people into the mix okay. when you start letting the world kind of work with it and here's what they would do is it's not just a sacrifice anymore or 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 an offering they they started it's a ritual they turned it what they turned it into was okay well you don't have to worry about your father and mother anymore instead of giving it to your parents give it you to can God. give it to the temple and in doing so, you will be rewarded. Oh, oh! Look at that! And it's 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 an actual it's a part of modern culture. day churches mastered that. Yeah, it's it's a part of the culture. It's no longer take care of the poor, take care of the church, and the church will take care of the poor, and you will be blessed. Yeah. Or you can just take care of the poor. What did God say? Why not just do that and take the burden off the church? What did God say? Where's the Big Ten? Honor thy father and thy mother. Yeah. The only one with a promise. The only one with a promise. And you will have a long life. And they skipped that one. Hmm. 
And they, and that's what Jesus is saying there. Is he says, okay, so you, this is great. You have this concept of Corbin. But now you're saying, okay, you can do this instead of following God's law. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Making offerings to God, great thing. Can't really go wrong there. You can't really go wrong. Except you still managed to go wrong there. Yeah. How did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> He's literally like... How, how did you manage that? Yeah. <laughs> you somehow managed to go, I'm making a dedication and an offering to God, God and man. get it wrong. Yeah. And and that's his point, is, is you get so caught up in observances, you forget the law. The meaning of the observance. You forget the law. Yeah. Like, you just straight up skipped one. Yeah. You don't have to worry about your parents if, if you donate X amount. Yeah. Hey, you don't have to honor your and 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 guys, do we honor our father and our mother? I know I don't nearly I know, as well as I should. I know I didn't. You can't now. I can't now. Well, you can your mother. Yeah, I mean I try now. Yeah. I'm getting better at it, but hmm. That's an interesting word there. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yep. What were we gonna do before that? Um, I looked up Corbin, but before Corbin, we were talking about something. Mm, we were talking about the idolatry of the heart, but mm, you know, I I think I uh, look something up. Um, shoot. Well, I shouldn't have gotten distracted. It's all right. Maybe it's just. Uh, Verse of the day. That's what we were talking yeah, about. Verse, verse of the, of the day. day. Yeah. So Super here's dangerous. Prime example. Verse of the day. Galatians 5.24. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with affections and lusts. What's that mean? What's that mean? Those that truly belong to Christ have crucified their desires. Yes. Or his. Yeah. I mean, that's sure. that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And that's right. Right. That's right. Now. That's kind of hard to take out of context. Yeah. This is right. But I'm sure it's manageable for others. Because their theology is different. Now, where is that? 524. Do you know where that sits in the book of Galatians? What do you mean? Because I didn't even think about this until I just looked at it. What do you mean, where it sits? It sits mm -hmm. in chapter 5, verse 24. You're right. But what's verse 23? Uh, I, I don't know off top. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, okay, yeah. Right? And so, they've crucified the flesh with affections and lusts. Great. That's not hard, but here's here's the point of what that is. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Go back up a couple of verses. But if ye be led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Da, 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 envying, fornication, revelings, and such like. The which I tell you before, I have also told you in time past. They that which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Fruit of the Spirit. This one, not terrible. But if you take, I don't know, I'm just going to pull up a random verse. 
the, the point that we're trying to make is that 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, Therefore let us not sleep, as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Is that talking about drinking? Is that talking about staying up late? What, are, or is that so talking reminded. about keeping an eye? Yeah. Right? For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. So, don't you sleep at night too, though? Yeah. So what does that mean? If you're not supposed to sleep at night. For they that sleep, sleep in the light. Therefore, let us not sleep. Sleep in the night. Yeah. So what? We sleep during the day. We have to sleep. Yeah. We don't sleep during the day, but we sleep at night. Yeah. But for they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. Therefore, right. let us not sleep, as do others, but let us watch and be sober. When they say sleep, at least to me, ye are all children of the light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Sleep is not sleep. Sleep is not even lose focus. Yeah. Sleep is... is spiritually shut off. Don't be lack. It, it's not even just lack, but like unconscious. Like you're, you're absolutely... Have your eyes open. Don't yes. be asleep as you once were. Spiritually. Yeah. Spiritually. Absolutely. You know, don't let... He knows you need sleep. He's not yeah. telling you to get insomnia. Inherit insomnia somehow. It doesn't help you. It no, really doesn't. Nah. No. But it's it's... You have to be careful with, with just a verse, with just one section, with just one piece. What are they talking about? Right. Why is that said? That's, who said it? Who are they saying it to? And who was he addressing? All that. The historical preferences. and What is Corbin? That's yeah. what brought me up on it. Is yeah. What is Corbin? If, you, if the verse of the day was that verse, Mark 7. Yeah. What? Do you stop and look at what that is? Right. Are, are you checking to see why he mentioned it? Why it's in context? Why are you checking what your pastor is saying on Sunday to align with God's word? Because I know that our pastor doesn't do this because he literally reads through the whole book. I mean, he we're teaches, going chapter by chapter. We're going chapter by chapter through the book of Joshua right now. And I respect the heck out of that. Because that's how, that that's teaching. It's not, uh, it's not a Stephen Furtick pep rally that brings you closer to God or these hype men out there. I'm not saying don't get hype. Or passionate. They have their place. That all has its place. It all has its place. Right? It, and that's that's another, we're one body of one mind, but all of all different purpose. Yeah. Of all different purpose. How a much scripture does eye? that dude really know? Because I don't see him spit off a lot. But a finger is not an eye, an eye is eye not, not a finger. tongue, and a tongue is not a foot. Right. That's There is much work to be done in the kingdom. Much there is work. much work to be done, and... Check. We will always want of laborers. Yeah. When so the, there's that to be said. But where do you want to work? Right. What do you want to do? There's there's How work far in your do hands. You want to go? Yeah. There's you, work in you your wanna, hands. What do you, do you do? Yeah. Do you want to go 
to a certain point in your walk and be like, I'm comfortable here? Or do you want to keep going and going and going? And can you keep going? Because is it not a fruit of the Spirit? Yeah. Endurance? Hebrews 12. Yeah. Run this race with endurance. With endurance. Yeah. yeah. Perseverance. Perseverance is, is the word. Is actually. a fruit of the Spirit. Uh-huh. So when you're, when you're in a congregation and somebody's giving a sermon and they're using two or three verses to fit their theology, my prayer for all of you is that you go home when you get home and you read the entire chapter or the entire chapters before and after those verses to get a clearer understanding because a lot of times... Mark 7, 20, out of context. They could 19 be. and 20 out of context says, uh, you can eat whatever you want. God's yeah. cleaned it all up. Guys, um, understanding is a gift of the Spirit. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, healing. It says to some, healing. To some, knowledge. To some, understanding. Mm-hmm. Um to some prophets. It doesn't say to all tongues, to all. So they might not have the gift of understanding. And they might just but be you can re- seek it. Yeah, and you didn't see them preparing the message. They might have gotten it from somebody else. They might have been sermon stealing. They might have been they might have an agenda because you don't know their heart. God knows their heart. But go and test it. You're not wrong in testing and asking questions. You're not wrong. You're actually more in the you're in the right when you do so, because the Bible says to test everything. But what's that really boil down to? No matter what, I mean, no matter what you're taking in, right? We're we're we are called to walk and have a relationship with God. For those of you in a relationship who are or have ever been in a relationship, I ask you this: When you make decisions, do you consult your partner? When you make decisions. Do you, do you ask for advice? Do you talk to them? Do you have a relationship with them? Do they know what's going on you in your communicate. life? Do you communicate, right? And if it's a healthy relationship, you communicate, right? Everything. You communicate everything. They know what's going on. They know what's going on in your life. Why is God any different? If you would tell your significant other something... Why is God any different? If you would ask your significant other for, should I even get this or this for lunch? I could see where it would be difficult if you're not hearing God. Well, that's just it. You need to do work. Now you need to do work on your level of communication. Yeah, Maybe you need to be quiet and listen. Maybe you talk too much like I do. Yeah, I know I do. Yeah, maybe. But why is God any different? He's not. He's not. He set, he set the mold for a healthy relationship. And if you want to dig into it, read it. It's sitting in your hand right now. Yeah. If you're following along with us right now. So that's that's everything. It's it's this relationship. It's where is your heart? Yeah. It's it's and and use that communication to find truth. Let him show you what he wants you to know. Amen.
Every every sermon, every verse you read, every everything, it should all go back to asking, having that communication. And I, I I hope and pray, and my 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 prayer for all of you, and for us too here is that we have just an ever deepening level of communication with God. And, and Heavenly Father, we thank you, uh, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to do this. Mateo and I are both so extremely grateful. Uh, we thank you for the people that do listen to us. We thank you for the people that are spreading the word. We thank you for the people that just encourage us. And above all, we thank you for having made all of this possible. Um, we praise your your holy name. You have, you have been so good to us here. And, and I ask that, that those listening, that, that you would show the same, and we know you will because you are faithful, but that same that same goodness, that same level of control, that same just just beautiful, beautiful guidance and, and craftsmanship that, that you can do work in their lives and that their lives would be forever changed from, from being able to just trust in you and walk in that submission. And, and Father, I pray that uh, for anyone out there that, that needs help, that needs comfort, that needs guidance, that you would listen, that you would hear, that you would show them that you are there, no matter where they are in their walk, no matter where they are in their life. Um, we thank you again. We praise your holy name, and, and we hope to see you again next week. And I just wanted to thank uh, the Lord for that added uh, verses from Joshua 8. It had nothing to do with the entire podcast. God bless Absolutely you all. Not. God bless, God you, bless all. you all. Thank you. <laughs>